Frantic Nerdcast, hosted by AJ and Brock, talking about all the nerdy things that you want to hear about. Let's get into it. Hello, nerds. How are we? And welcome to Frantic Nerdcast, episode two. It's the first time that we can safely say that we've ever doubled our content that is put out there into the world. <laughs> Pretty much right. <laughs> uh, so, um, firstly, thank you very much to the massive amount of people that actually listened to the first episode. We're very, very happy with that. It's awesome. So, thank you very much for that. Um, secondly, we now have a Facebook page that you can all head to. Just go to Facebook, search Frantic Nerdcast, and you should find us. Give us a follow. That's where we'll kind of release all the new episodes and stuff, and you can... Follow us along, get involved in some uh, polls and whatnot and all that cool stuff. And the other piece of news is we are now on all of the podcast places that you can find podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple, we're on iHeartRadio. Um, like, I think there's like 10 different places we're on. You just check our Facebook page again and that'll tell you all the places you can find us. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find Frantic Nerdcast. So, how are you doing, Brock? Oh, I'm very good. And look, just to sort of touch on what AJ just said, I mean, this was going to just be a couple guys having fun and it was a lot of fun doing episode one. To, so, for everybody who came along and had a listen as well, it was uh, it was really good. It was awesome just to see people sort of doing that and reaching out as well and saying, hey, we listened to that thing and it was awesome. So, yeah, really hope we can continue to do that and... Let us know what you want to hear about, as as AJ said, through the through the Facebook page and whatnot. And yeah, if it's nerdy, it's awesome. We'll, if it's nerdy, we'll talk about it. Exactly. Uh, so first up, let's uh, let's get into our first section, which uh, is gonna be trailers. Okay, so we've got a few trailers to talk about. Uh, thanks to the writer strike being over now, uh, we are getting bomb. <laughs> Parted with amazing trailers for stuff that we aren't going to see until next year, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So first off the mark is uh, Rebel Moon. This is uh, Snyder's new movie. It's uh, 100% set in his world. The trailer looks impressive. It looks phenomenal. Like just watching it, you sit back and just sort of enjoy every moment of it. It was just cool. Like you've got... you. You're out in space. You've got some sort of battle happening. You've got then it goes to different space in the the moon. You've got something else happening. It just was a lot all at once, just pulling at all the sci-fi strings. It was awesome. No, one one thing Zack Snyder knows how to do is make visuals. Like that man oozes sex when it comes to the camera. Like his cinematography is just phenomenal. And that whole trailer was just amazing. Yes. Plus the star-studded cast. Mm. It looks amazing. Now, I did a bit of research on this one before mm. we actually start talking about the trailer and stuff. Uh, it was originally conceived as a Star Wars movie. That, okay, so when I watched it, I sort of, like after the first sort of 20 seconds, you're like, Star Wars, is it? Is it not? Is it? And this was it without any sort of history to it. I'm like, okay, cool, but... It, yeah, I thought it was going down a Star Wars route. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently he uh, he re originally conceived it as a Star Wars movie mm. with like a more mature edge. He pitched it to Lucasfilm, but it was just as uh, Disney were buying Lucasfilm. Right. Uh, so that went nowhere, and then he pitched it to a couple other. Tried to pitch it as a comic, mm. tried to pitch it as a video game, and eventually he pitched it to Netflix mm -hmm. as a, uh, a series. Right. And then they decided, oh, no, we'll make it a movie. Right. Um, and so, it's funny, like you you pull on like the Star Wars and touch on the Star Wars. As I said, my first comment was, 
it seemed like it was going down the Star Wars realm. And I genuinely thought watching the trailer that it looks like Star Wars, but for more mature audience. Like it, it seemed like it was going to be um, an actual like Star Wars type thing rather than a Jedi Wars oh, series. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's got that very Star Warsy vibe mm. when it's got the, um, like the main character, she's sort of trying to live that lonely lifestyle, yes. very Luke style. And then she gets sucked back into mm. this resistance and she has to travel around and form a resistance yeah. to take on the empire. So it is very Star Warsy, but mm. it, it, it's got Zack Snyder's oh. spin on it and it looks fantastic. And it is only part one as well. Part two comes out in August next year, right. apparently. So, so is, it, is it a two-parter or a three-parter? So it's a two-parter. Okay. So the second one will be called Part Two, The Scavenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he's working on a third film, mm-hmm. depending on how it goes, mm-hmm. which with Zack Snyder is always up in the air because people <laughs> love to hate Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he does sim- something similar to when he did um, the Army of the Dead. Well, and Funny you talk about Army of the Dead. This is connected to Army of the oh, Dead. He has awesome. come out and he's actually said that it's based in the same universe. Because nice. in the Army of the Dead anime mm. that was going to get made, which I think got cancelled by Netflix, um, part of it was going to be they travel through a portal, the Army of Dead characters travel <laughs> through a portal, and they're at a bar, right. which is in space, where you'll see characters from um, Rebel Moon. So it's all based in the same sort of universe thing because in Army of Darkness, uh, Army of Dead, when they go down to the safe and they're trying mm-hmm. to crack the safe and yep. they see those dead bodies, mm-hmm. those supposedly, the rumour is those dead bodies are those characters dead but from an alternate timeline. Right. And the, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. And <laughs> the safe is actually a portal. Okay. And it tra- travels you through and that's why they reckon old mate that gets locked in the safe, he's actually travels into a different universe and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and if you watch a couple, uh, there's a few of the zombies throughout it that have blue glowing eyes and like robotic faces when sure. they get blasted and stuff and they're robots. Right. And everyone's like, oh, it's robots. And then right at the start of the movie, when you watch it, when the car's driving away, like just as the outbreak happens in Las Vegas, there's an alien spacecraft that zooms <laughs> through the shot. <laughs> I'm watching it again. So he's he's 100% planned for this. He's yeah. a very smart man. Like you watch his behind the scenes stuff of um, Justice League mm. and he storyboarded shot for shot, hand drawn himself on his tablet, shot for shot that movie. Mm. So he could literally make a comic book out of the Justice League movie. <laughs> and he's even like he has uh, movie two and three of Justice League mm. done in storyboards. Yeah, right. So like he he knows he plans things out he's got an idea so this I think this is going to be a phenomenal movie yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to it that it just it was an awesome trailer it, it was an awesome trailer without giving too much away I oh, thought it gave nothing away yeah it just said hey here's this big epic stuff um like piece up in the sky on the ground all around sci-fi it was awesome. Get ready for your nerd jizz. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. Well, that's all you can really say about Rebel Moon because they didn't give much away from <laughs> for that one. Um, on to some Marvel. Echo. The Echo trailer. Uh, so, for those who don't know who Echo is, uh, a little bit of backstory on the character because not many people know who it is because she's not much of a big character in she's the Marvel not- canon. 
so essentially she is Kingpin's stepdaughter. Uh, Kingpin killed her dad and he kind of adopts her and trains her to be an assassin, mainly so she can kill Daredevil. Uh, so then goes through this whole thing where she's uh, she's deaf as well, which is kind of the counteraction to Daredevil, who's blind. Um, she goes through and tries to kill Daredevil. While she's trying to kill Daredevil, she falls in love with Matt Murdock, mm. eventually finds out that he's Daredevil. Then she turns on Kingpin and shoots him in the head, which in the trailer we see right at the end, we've got Kingpin, we've got the patch over his <laughs> eye, which <laughs> happened at the end of Hawkeye. Yes. Um so that's kind of that story. And just watching this trailer, it's it's bloody. It's dark. I was and very surprised. I was, I was very, very happy because I, I know that um, what I felt this might be is sort of Netflix, uh, the, the change between Netflix and Marvel. Yeah. Because obviously the, the Daredevil, the um, uh, Jessica Jones, the... The Defenders universe. Defenders, yeah. et cetera. They've all been picked up by Marvel. And now I think this is them sort of seeing what they can do with it yep. and giving it that darker tone because that darker tone is what made it incredible when oh, it was yeah, on 100%. Netflix. And I really got excited when you seen how sort of almost like dark, gritty, yeah, well, bloody that it was. They're like, ground it, level characters. Like mm, they don't exactly. have superpowers per se. Mm. So they're just really just beating the shit out of people. So exactly. it should be shown that they're beating the shit out of people. Exactly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the um, the action sequences that, are, that come out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see how they do the story, how much sort of um, pre-Hawkeye, post-Hawkeye they're going to do from yeah. like a character build perspective around Echo just to sort of introduce her. Oh, from the trailer, because you saw, because she's a Native American character, I believe, and in the trailer you kind of see the dad, mm. I think, a little bit, so and you see her see as a her child as a, a little a bit. Child. So I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get some backstory about yes. where she came from, maybe why she's deaf, why she's only got one yep. foot, all that kind of mm. stuff. Um, I'm not sure whether she's an amputee in the comic, or maybe that's just because the actress playing her is an amputee. Because I know sure. she's, I'm pretty sure she's actually deaf in real life, I'm not the sure. actress. So I'm not sure if she's actually an amputee on, uh, if the character is an amputee or not. Hmm. Um, but. I'm I'm really hoping they kind of did it in Hawkeye from memory where the sound design mm. of the show whenever it was kind of her all sound oh, yeah, would yeah. drop from it and you you got it from her point of view. Well, they which, had that in the trailer. Yeah, I'm hoping the series really encompasses mm. that so it drags you into mm. her world, which I think would be great. Um, we got a shot of Daredevil in it, which means Daredevil isn't it? He's like you can see a quick little yep. shot of him jumping over a counter. Yep. Um, cause he's signed up for like seven appearances or something like that. Plus his own series. I didn't realize it was that many. I, I'm pretty sure it was a heaps cause he, he was in, uh, She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. He's in this, he was in Spider-Man. Um, and he's getting his own series. So I think there's a couple other things. Mm -hmm. I imagine he'll keep coming back. Yeah. Keep coming. Cause I know, um, Punisher, what's his name? The one that played Punisher from Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, he has signed on, so that punished um, the Netflix Punisher is now in Marvel. Marvelous. Um, so I'm guessing he might appear in this as like a cameo, maybe because it is a fairly gangster heavy show from the looks of it. Um, the other thing is we get all the episodes at once. 
<laughs> that's always fun. Yeah. Makes for a late Friday night, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> two, day, two days after my birthday. So that's a little bit of a birthday present for me. We get all episodes on January 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. I'm going to sit there and smash the shit out of that yeah. for sure. And look, I, I, I hope that it sort of sets the tone for some of the introduction for these characters. Like the Daredevil coming back in, Punisher coming back in. And I hope they're able to actually sort of drag that into the Marvel Universe a little bit as well. Yeah. Just to get a little bit more of that um, that gritty element to it. Yeah. I think, I think that'll play quite well. Because at the moment, Marvel's gone a little bit too comic-y. Well, I, I think they're... <laughs> As in, at com- not comic-y, sorry, comical. Yeah. I think they're slowly trying to work that in just for the sheer fact of next year we get dead. Uh, we get Deadpool 3, mm. which is going to be their first R-rated film. Yeah. So it's... they got to ease into they it, got, don't they? they got to get there somehow, <laughs> I think. they got to get there somehow. The other thing I'm really... I'm hoping, and it, from the trailer, it looks like it, in that first scene where Kingpin's just belting the shit out of that dude's face... Mm. He's just he's in the kingpin attire, yes. that pimp ass white coat. He just looks big and imposing, and I mean it's one hundred percent the correct actor to play it. Uh, Vincent is his name, Vincent DiMaggio or something. The dude, yeah, the dude from uh, SUV. Yep. But um, like he's the perfect person to play, it. and that just scene where he's just belting the shit out, <laughs> dude, it just looks phenomenal. He's just, the best cast actor besides Robert Downey Jr. in all of Marvel. I personally oh. think. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. I, th- I thought he was excellent when he got introduced um, through Daredevil and whatnot. And he was just, as soon as he stepped onto the screen, you just drawn into oh, whatever yeah. he was doing. And as he got more violent through it, and he's just sort of, he's off the chain yeah. now. So that first season of Daredevil on Netflix was just perfect. And that was a perfect TV show. I hope Echo can take us back to that. And I definitely got like rem- it, the trailer sort of had remnants of yeah. taking you back to at least that um, that feeling behind it, and I hope I hope we go back. Does to- does the releasing all episodes on one day concern you or not concern you? Because up until now they've always been week to week. I like do they ha- not have faith in it? That's why they're dumping them all in one go. Or I think I think it might actually more so be to keep in line with what they've done previously because it is the it's it is the first show that they've done, which is of the Netflix, like the Defenders. It yep. is the first one that they've done for that. And all the other it, other um, like Defenders. They've been the previous characters. Ex- stuff, exactly. Yeah. Like the Defender viewers or almost and then people, they, that's how they got it. So maybe that might be why they're doing it that way. Possible. Personally, um, I I like getting them week by week. Yeah, it's not bad. It's I like back the, the old days yeah, of having to sit in front of the TV. Exactly. At least we don't have ads now. It's one. Of, yeah, exactly. I mean, you young like, kids, you're so fucking lucky <laughs> you don't have ads. No, I I really like getting an episode, getting to the end of the episode, and going, wait, what, what, F- fuck, and then it's like, oh, you got a whole week until you know what happens next and in whatnot. Saying so that, I, I really like. That. I do like it, except for the shows that should have been a movie, like mm. uh, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Yeah, that show was a movie cut into six parts. Yes. So each time they cut, it wasn't really the end of an episode. Mm. It was just like, eh, we're just going to cut it there and continue on. on. Whereas like Loki, um, Hawkeye, and that they felt like TV shows, yes. like episodic continuation episodes, but they were episodically done. Mm. So I'm whether that might be the problem with this one maybe it's not very episodically done so therefore they're like oh let's just fucking dump it because we know everyone hates that kind of thing because it's just a movie we've cut into eight parts Mm. kind of thing so who knows 
Um, all right, let's move on from Marvel. And let's jump on to something I don't really know much about, but I think you probably <laughs> do, Fallout. The Fallout trailer dropped about two days oh, two, ago now, two, three I think days it was. Ago. Yeah, two, three days ago. time of recording this. Yeah. Um, now, I know jack diddly fucking squat about Fallout. <laughs> I have never played the video game. Yep. I've never watched anything about it. Um, the, I know Buzz Cola. Is that Fallout? Yeah. Uh, Buzz Cola, I know... Uh, the blue and yellow suit with the little dude that holds his finger yep, up. Yeah. Um, the poster, and I've seen the like mech armor before. Sure. That's really all I know. <laughs> um, so you you talk about this oh, one. Look, it's <laughs> from a game perspective. I got on board with Fallout. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 76 or 74, one of those ones, and it was just um, it, it wasn't that game wasn't the best. And then I actually went back and played the previous one, which was Fallout 4 from memory. And Fallout 4 was awesome. Like a big open RPG where you you turn up, you wake up from one of these Fallout shelters, you go into a world that's full of just, well, radioactive this, that, and the other. And like it complete post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear apocalyptic, but it, uh, the timing around it was sort of, it's almost like everything was from a futuristic um, 50s and 60s yeah, type so era. What I read from the trailer, uh, from the like synopsis, mm. is pretty much is an alternate alternate timeline where a nuclear blast happened during the 60s. Yes, more, yeah. more or less, yeah. yeah. So everything is like a, it's occurred then and then like humans have adapted from there and from the people who have come out from the fallout shelters um look i enjoyed the trailer yeah so from from someone who knows the game yeah what what was your opinion on the trailer i thought the trailer was a good ode to the game so i i felt that um like you get drawn straight in with the blue suits that that you see straight off the bat you're like oh sweet like that is fallout you get drawn in by um, the mech armors because they're, they're a clan called the Brotherhood. Um, so the Brotherhood is just one of those clans that goes through. So again, you've got the Brotherhood present there or the mech armor suits that you can get or become part of like that clan that kicked through the game. Oh, so they're not whatnot. like cops or anything No, no, like no, that. they're not, they're, clan, they're not okay. cops. They, it's kind of like a, yeah, it's more, more of a clan type thing um, where they've sort of developed their own posse which grows and grows and they they have an agenda it's there's like all these different people who have different agendas um i'm trying to remember exactly what their agenda was i think it's more or less trying to defeat like a, a futuristic um type people they're, they're scientists they're very futuristic like with robotics and whatnot so there's like robots which will turn up at some point in time through the um series because they were quite um prevalent through the through the games i can't remember exactly what they were called um so yeah, they're, they're the Brotherhood, and then you've got the the ghouls. So you get um that guy's got go no nose. Yep. he's more or less. He, he, they call them ghouls, and they're at different states of how ravenous they are. Um, they can be pretty much completely and utterly decrepit, and to the point of losing their mind, almost like a a, a raging zombie type yeah. thing. And some of them glow and stuff like that. One thing that they didn't show heaps of, or at least I didn't pick up on, was um, the beasts that can be out there. So it's going to be interesting how they do beasts. They, they sort of showed uh, a couple of the roaches. So yep. you've just got roaches which have been affected by the um, nuclear waste. They're just massive roaches. But apply that to a scorpion, which is huge. Yeah. Apply that to like pigs and dogs, which are huge. Um, I can't recall seeing anything which was on the lines of they like had, ogres because there's yeah. ogre type, almost like a big orc. There's people like that coming through. In the, I noticed in the trailer there was like a 
big dog looking thing that when it opened its mouth had all fingers yeah. inside its mouth. That looked I can't, fucking I can't awesome. remember seeing that in the game. That looks phenomenal. <laughs> but but it, that there just plays to like it's post apocalyptic nuclear waste yep. zone where everything is affected in some way, shape, or form from uh, uh, to that. Um, yeah, I, I think it will have some. What I'd like to see and what they touch on a little bit is pre and post the nuclear. So you can see, I think the, the trailer ended with the, bomb going the bombs off. going off. So yeah. it'd be pretty cool to see some of how the lead up to that, because I know in the Fallout game, the playing through that was actually really cool and like oh, okay. on the edge of your seat type thing, like you're running away from something because sirens are going off and it's sort of like, oh shit, what's going on? Um, so that was really cool. It'd be cool to see how they portray that um, in the in the show. Um and yeah, the the post is going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they play um, the main character, how they play her into it. Because has it ever been a female, the main character? Or the, it- so because it's an open world like um, RPG, oh, you, you design your own character. Yeah, so you can oh, okay. be you can be male or female, and you sort of carry from there um, as to how you sort of play sure. it out and, and do what you do. I mean, from a from someone who's never played the games, watching that trailer. Um, it has it has me hooked. I'm very excited to see it. It just looks stunning. The visuals look amazing. The CGI looks yes. great in the trailer. Um, the characters like the dude with no nose, all that kind of stuff. The dog smashing the shit that roach with the flare flashing over yeah. it. That looked yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looked really good. The voiceover and all that kind of mm-hmm. talking and stuff sounded great. So mm-hmm. I, like they didn't give you much in the trailer, but I thought it was going to be. Awesome. And what, what I do hope is from the music playing in the background, it was really sort of like that 60s yeah. up and chirpy type of thing. So I feel like it's um it gave me sort of um, a feeling that it's going to be a lot of fun. But then it sort of cut to, again, the, the nuclear bombs going off and the music sort of darkened heaps. So I think it's going to have some like some lighthearted fun moments throughout, but it's going to also have some really, really intense bits through it. And I yep. think if they find that balance and have really good, between the two, I think it'll be an awesome, oh, awesome show. I'm, I'm looking it, forward it, to it. And just seeing the trailer, it looks like a pretty good ode to the game as well. Nice. Well, that is coming out on April 24th on Prime. Uh, so, on to... Uh, we've got a couple more trailers to talk about. Yeah, it was, um, it was a very big was, week for trailers. It was a big time for trailers. So, the Furiosa trailer dropped. So, this is the prequel to uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Uh, so this is based around Furiosa, who this time is played by Anne Taylor-Joy, mm-hmm. who is a goddess. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with that woman. She's <laughs> gorgeous, and she's played some amazing characters in the movies. Mm-hmm. She also played my favorite of the X-Men, Magic. Um, and it looks pimp. It like, does. It looks fantastic. I, I think one one thing I'll say, like you, you had the Mad Max trilogies, which came out back in like the 80s and 90s yep. or whatever. They were awesome, had good story around that time. Yeah, like, the third one, uh, not so much. The third one, not so much. But I mean, <laughs> they, they were they were good to sit back and watch. And in my opinion, they've aged well. Yeah. Now, what I found with Fury Road, is, I didn't see it at the cinema. I just watched it at home and I thought this would have been great to see in cinema because it had really cool visuals and whatnot. But from a story perspective, it just it didn't have anything sort of pulling yeah, you in. It was a road. It was a, we driving from point A to point B and then back from point B to point A. Which, if you go back and watch the original uh, one or two, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, except, you, except there was just story around the characters and whatnot that actually drew you into it. Yeah. Now, this one, watching the trailer, it looks like... 
it would be great to see in cinema because it looks like, again, it's got some awesome visuals. Oh, yeah. I reckon it'll have some awesome um, sounds to go with it. I, I think it'll be incredible and from that perspective, it's, but it also looks like it's got a really awesome story. Yeah, it's practical too. He shoots most, like n- nearly all the cars mm. and like all the car explosions and stuff like that are practical and then mm. like surrounded by CGI to make it look better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm... Look, it didn't give much away. It looked awesome. I f- am pretty keen to see a story. Actually, Fur- it, it's Furiosa. So yep. it's actually, I feel like it'll be a good story surrounding her and how she- So essentially, the, and whatnot, well, and- the story I've gotten is uh, it is she's in like a, um, like a birthing camp. Yes. And Morris. she's taken by one of the head honchos mm-hmm. of this villainous group, which is Hemsworth. Yep. Uh, and then he's rivaling with another- Group mm-hmm. and essentially that's the movie, yeah, right there. And that's just Furiosa trying to get the, the fuck out of Dodge and yeah. fuck some shit up while she's in it, and eventually becoming Shelley Theron. Exactly. Um, so, but it looked really good in Hemsworth with that fake nose. Oh. Looks amazing. <laughs> the first thing I thought, I, I thought, right, I, I like seeing him in roles other than Thor these days. Yeah, yeah, 100%. because you you can just see it's almost like he's got a weight off his shoulders, and yep. he's just sort of having some fun doing something else. And yeah. just as soon as he comes on, he turns around. You see that whopping schnoz on him, and he's just like, you can just see the first thing he says. He just he. Looks like he's had yeah, a it's lot like, of fun. It's him fun. like on the mic, like, oh, are the, you ready? Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, it, is, yeah. It, it looks like he is going to have a lot of fun through this movie. Yeah. And I I enjoy watching him have fun like that. Um, it, it sort of <laughs> it was reminiscent of a movie did recently, Spiderhead. I don't know if you've seen that. It was seen a, that it was one, on yeah. Netflix. It's like um yeah. It, oh, that's it, the one where he's the, the hacker. On the island. Is no, he? he's not a hacker. He's like trying to develop a particular drug to ha- Oh, hacks, yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. Has human emotions yeah. and mu- like human physiology yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I don't stuff. think I watched it, but I saw the give, trailer. Give it a watch. It he's just him having fun during a, oh, a different okay, cool. movie other than Thor yeah. and it, it's it's a good movie anyway. So go give that a watch. But on the note of Furiosa, yes, awesome trailer. I very much am going to go see it in the cinema because it's got, going to have awesome visuals. And also, for those of you who are listening in Australia, uh, support this movie because it was directed, written, and filmed by an Australian in Australia. It was filmed in New South Wales, in yes, two towns New in New South Wales. Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fury Road was meant to be filmed in Australia. Yeah, but it, it was too green. And when they did the previews, they're like, this is beautiful. And then mm-hmm. we had a torrential downpour yep. and it turned green. So yep. they had to shoot it over in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So the, the full history is like, I can't remember about um, uh, Mad Max 1, but Mad Max 2 was shot outside of Broken Hill. Yep. And that's where they went to the um, Mindy De- uh, Monday Monday Plains. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was too green. <laughs> and, uh, another little fun fact for that one, um, Mad Max and then the second one was Fury Road. Uh, not Fury Road um, Road Warrior yeah um, so they had to in America they had to call that Mad oh. Max Road Warrior yeah. because they'd never gotten the original yep. so for most Americans yep. that was the first yes. movie yes I did and know that it's very funny as well when you watch Mad Max and then you watch Road Warrior and you're mm. like eh budgets increase a little bit <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and um, yeah just outside like it's touched on Monday Monday which is um, just outside of Silverton just outside of Broken Hill um, they've got the Mad Max Museum which is awesome they've got a bunch of the um, original cars um, few of the replica stuff few of the original stuff from the filming uh, uh, and all sorts but um, 
pretty so good for any American out. listeners out there, these are real places we're talking. We're not just making <laughs> up words. Uh, and if you ever come, go to the Mad Max Museum. You'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll get to see some cool fucking cars. Exactly. Uh, all right. Last trailer. We're nearly there for trailers. Okay. The Boys Season 4. Oh, I cannot wait for this. It I looks can't wait. so good. What I loved about it is it set the tone between um, uh, between Homelander and Starlight. Starlight yep. It just said, right, this is what the series is going to be about. It'll happen as it happens. Um, and you just get a little bit of touch on a few of the different characters, a couple of little powers and whatnot. And then it just ends with Homelander covered in fucking blood and <laughs> gruel. And, and, and you see that, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, it's going to happen again. He <laughs> is just awesome. such a... Like, this role in that actor, mm. he's just fucking perfect, man. Just the little nuances in his face when he gives just creeps you the fuck out. And you're just like, this guy's a fucking psychopath. Oh. Just by little tweaks that he does to his face when he's talking and stuff like that. It's fucking brilliant. He's, he's got jaw clenching with the camera on his face to a T. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. But, no, that, that was... Oh, so, I haven't finished um, V yet. The, okay. The, yeah. That one. Oh, what's it called? The Generation V. Generation V. Yep. Um, so, I haven't finished that yet, about halfway through. And I think, from memory, it's sort of meant to have a little bit of a touch so, on how it plays into season four without, or something Without like giving that. any spoilers, because you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, the ending of Gen V leads directly into season four of The sure. Boys. Yep. Um, it's essentially the stuff that happens in Gen V will be touched on in season four of The Boys. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to have watched Gen V, though, to get it. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah, but watch Gen V because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so essentially, uh, yeah, Gen V leads into season four. Mm. Um Butcher is going to be um, what happened in Gen V will be mainly part of Butcher's story. Sure. Uh, from what I've got from a couple of different sites that I've looked up and stuff, uh, Butcher's pretty much been ousted from the boys. I got that feeling from the end of the last one. Um, anyway. And he's now on a ticking clock from dying from um, spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't watched season three of the boys, um, He's been taking the V compound, yeah. which is giving him superpowers. It's given him about six months to live or something like that. Yeah, and you can and you can see that in the trailer anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, he's got like his whole temple looks like it's got a worm in it. Basically, yeah, so, his um, veins moving. He's like head. on a ticking clock. The rest of the boys have gone pretty much fuck off. Mm. Uh, Starlight's now officially a part of the boys, mm -hmm. um, and that's oh, and the chick who blows people's heads up. Mm -hmm. um, she is now on the road to becoming president. Yeah, I figured that would be something along those lines, or at least that would occur. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm pretty keen to see um, how Butcher's story sort of unfolds, even just how the previous one ended. I figured he'd be depart or parting ways with them in some yeah. way, shape, or form. I'm pretty keen to see what that looks like. The other part that I'm actually pretty keen to see, at, which they very lightly touched on, is um, Homelander's son. Yeah. I want to see how far he goes and whether it ends up just running with him down Homelander's route or if he gets drawn back or something because there's a, a shot in the scene where he cracks the shit to just throw throws someone. You, you just sort of see that and you're like, wait, was that him? That was him? because well, okay. he's, also, he's also in a shot where Homelander's holding his hand up on stage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say he's going to be a part of it. Mm. And I, I've only read up to... 
I think pretty much like the events that happened in season three in the yep. comic with Soldier Boy and stuff like yep. that. I've only gotten to a, somewhere around that in the comics. Oh, it was a while ago, so I can't really remember where I got to. Um, and I think from memory, the comics have finished. I can't remember, but um, yeah, that's about where I got to. And I don't really want to read the comics now because I just want to watch <laughs> the show and I want to see how, where the show goes. Um, so I think that's going to be fucking awesome. And apparently the events of this season, season four, are going to lead directly into the events of Gen V season two. Right. So they're kind That'd of doing a cool. season for season kind of thing. Um, I, I like that, but I hope that they don't ruin because it's kind of po- poking fun at Marvel. Mm. The whole show, the whole concept of it is poking fun <laughs> at comic books, poking fun at superheroes. But by doing the boys and Gen V, and I believe there's another series coming as well. I'm I'm scared that they're going to do the same thing of what Marvel's doing, and yeah. like you've got to watch too much. I hope they kind of keep yeah, them sure. seg- segregated as their own little uni- pocket universes. Segregated enough so that you can watch them on their own. Um, but then there's little things that'll carry through that if yeah. you've watched it, it's like, hey, look at that. That's for the fans. No, I think that it'll be much much better if you get that. Um, but look, awesome trailer. It is it. Of all the trailers, that's probably the one that got me the most excited. And it was literally um, as um, just seeing Homelander at the end covered in blood. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it was awesome. The funniest thing, I, I, I don't know how many Americans actually know this, which it just makes me laugh that um, Butcher and Homelander are both Kiwis. Kiwis. <laughs> They are the least American slash Welsh people yeah. you have ever seen in your life. Yeah. I mean, if you've watched Lord of the Rings, you've seen Butcher, Carl sure, Urban, sure. Judge Dredd, yeah. Carl Urban, which oh, we're going to have to talk about Judge Dredd at some point in yeah. one of these podcasts because that is a fucking amazing <laughs> movie. Carl Urban is my man. Yep. Um, but yes, yeah, so that is pretty much all we've got for trailers. So we are going to jump on over to TV shows. TV shows, as our little stinger just said. Uh, and this episode, we are going to talk about the masterpiece that was Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. It was just fun. Start to finish, it was just awesome to watch. Like, it, it just, it's that, it's almost like watching some little geeky kid on screen doing something, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and the visuals are awesome. The soundtrack is awesome. It's just be- so much fun. Before we, before we start, we will do this. Because <laughs> this is going to be a giant-ass fucking spoiler for the entire series. If you have not watched it, uh, pause this, watch it, come back, listen to the rest of this. Uh yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. Um, I love how they played with the idea because I've read the comics, I've watched the movie, mm. and I've watched this, and I love how they played with the idea of the movie happened, but the show, the cartoon was going to be the movie, and mm. then that little futuristic change yeah. sent it in a different direction. So, so I, then they had to try and reset it to become the movie again. That was awesome. Because I, I. I've seen the movie many, many years ago, but seeing the movie, thought it was awesome at the time. I haven't read any of the comics. I actually want to go back and read the comics now. So essentially the comics, he was writing the last one as they were filming the movie and sure. he was actually giving them pages as they were <laughs> filming it. The main difference at the end of the comic, he ends up with knives. Okay. So pretty much uh, Fiona says, look, we're not meant to be together. Mm. And she fucks off through one of the doors mm-hmm. and- 
he ends up back with knives. Yeah. That's that's the main difference from memory. It's been a while since I read the comics, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was the main... I think there's like other little differences here and there, but that essentially that was the main difference. Right. Um, the series, it kind of threw me for a loop because at first, because Edgar Wright got the original cast back, come back, mm-hmm. yeah, which is fucking that, that awesome. That was awesome. And really so I'm awesome. like, okay, this is going to be the movie, but anime. Or the comic, but anime. And I was like, okay. And I started watching it. It looks like the comic. I'm like, fucking spectacular. See, I didn't think that. I thought it was going to pick off um, almost at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. And yep. actually trail on from there. So, that's where I sort of thought it was going to go. So, me seeing episode one just basically threw all that straight out the yep. window because it was like, hang on. This is how the fucking movie started. Yep. What's going on here? And I just love, because, um, yeah, the first episode happens and then he died. And I was like, yeah. The fuck! I'm like, oh, okay, so <laughs> where it's, are we going yeah, with this? So, and I went through the exact same thing, like getting to the end of the first episode. I'm like, oh, okay, they're sort of playing it a little bit differently. Like in the first one, he was just a guy who had no idea what was going on, and from memory in the movies, he couldn't fight. He was just a guy, and they were just sort of being introduced yeah. and whatnot. But then in this one, it's like, no, he he's a fighter. He knows what's going on. So then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then, as you said, he dies. Yeah, and then He's that, gone. That second episode where like, it's like the, the evil, the um, League of Evil Exes where like Patel takes over yeah. and like Alf, uh, Gideon, <laughs> Gideon. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is what? And then like, the, and then I saw the little robot popping up in every, like yeah. little pieces everywhere. I'm yep, like, yep. Oh, that's going to have something to do with it. Oh, 100%. And then I just love that. Um, I said the robot was in the very first episode sitting in the background. Yeah, yeah. And I... I can't. I think they said something about it in the first one. Like he, I think Scott gets up on stage. He goes, "Is that a robot in the background?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that'll that'll be something. <laughs> and I just love um, the the second episode with the, the League of Evil X's part. That was probably the weakest episode in my opinion. Yes. It was just. I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is. Just, it dragged on a little bit. It mm-hmm. felt like they kind of put a lot of filler in that one. Mm-hmm. They could have just smashed that part out and then gotten back to the yep. main story. Um, but then as soon as it got into Fiona searching in each episode, kind of was a different sort of scenario. And then when I was watching, when they, um, when you kind of, they get the, like the screenplay, when young, young Neil gets, yeah, like, right, yeah. he goes, oh, I guess I wrote it in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then you read it and you watch it and make it and like, that's the movie they're making. Yes. They're making the actual movie. So we're watching like this weird kind of meta sort of situation happening. And it was just thoroughly enjoyable to watch that. And I loved, um, what's the roommate's name? I can't remember. William. William, is it? Yeah, well, it might have been. He's just him in it, like that part where he's like, you suck. (laughs) Oh, that was amazing. Why don't you take over? (laughs) And the director's name was Edgar Wrong instead of Edgar Wright, which was fantastic. And then I loved the the paparazzi where they're all like ninjas. See, when when, um, uh, What's-Her-Name came in to do the singing at his funeral. Oh, so yeah, I, Envy. Yeah, Envy, when she came through, I didn't, I just seen him. I'm like, oh, okay, this is just her entourage of um, people taking photos and whatnot. That's what I first thought. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool little thing. And then it wasn't until the Lucas Lee episode. Yep. And comes through, oh my God, it's a paparazzi. And then just breaks into a big skateboard oh, that, battle. That big skateboard battle in the, in the, on the film lot was fucking awesome. That, that was my favorite episode. Oh, that was phenomenal. Yeah. I think, I think my favorite thing of it all was Will Forte as old Pilgrim, old Scott, <laughs> and then old, old Scott. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, that was perfect casting, man. Like, just uh, Will Forte and fucking, what's his name? Plays Scott. Oh, uh, Michael, Michael Sarah. Sierra. Michael Sarah. 
just riffing off each other was phenomenal. Yeah. Like Will Forte, is, he's a god. He only has one voice, but he's fantastic. <laughs> and then I just love the um, the whole sort of. I like that they kind of got rid of Scott for like four of the episodes. Yeah. So Scott wasn't actually in four of the episodes. It was just Fiona trying to search through each one. It kind of, I felt, differentiated it from the comics and the movie where their relationship didn't really feel, kind of felt a bit rushed right? in those ones. Whereas in this one, it kind of feels a bit more like, like on Scott's side, yeah, it feels He's still rushed, but that's mm. his character. Yeah. He rushes into things and stuff. Whereas Fiona, I always felt her sort of character wasn't the sort of person who would rush into things. Mm. And she'd think about stuff. She's been hurt before. And I felt in the anime, she was a bit more searching, 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 and sort of more falling, falling in love with him yeah. as she kind of reconciled with all the exes and stuff like that. Yeah, I far thought, more far more about her journey to yeah, him rather yeah. than his journey to um, win her, so to speak, at which the movies was kind of... Yeah, and then you kind of... And then also with the future stuff, you got that nice sort of what happens after the movie situation <laughs> where it's like, oh, it wasn't all fucking roses. It yeah. went a bit to shit because yeah. Scott's a fucking useless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the uh, like the future component in that. It was... Um, what, what was her line? It was... Um, it was like... Oh, I took a I took a note from Marty McFly and went eighty eight on my rollerblades yeah. and what do you know I was back in the past. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. It's like, oh, we wanted to time travel, so we did. I, I like uh, it was I like, awesome. I like Will Forte when they're in the future. He's like, yeah, the future is future is actually more futuristic than you think it is, and it's just like a fucking D pad and he pushes in a code, <laughs> and then they go in. It's just VR goggles. Oh. <laughs> VR goggles, that. and it wasn't eight bit when they yeah. were looking at it anyway. So. It was all shitty. He used the fucking discs. <laughs> no, we're more futuristic, one hundred percent. It was it was a, awesomely done. It was a good mix between it all. It was just. Yeah, it was just it, it got the sense of um someone who turned up and goes, Hey, let's do this, okay. And then just Well, it was made by um the guy who wrote the comics. He was he wrote it mm. or co wrote it, I think, and also co created it with an <laughs> with one of his best mates, yeah. who's like a film producer kind of guy, and they produced it and all that kind of stuff. They were they went over to the studio in Japan because it was actually drawn in Japan by mm-hmm. an anime studio mm-hmm. um who did uh I think it was Devil, not Devil May Cry, uh, Devil and Die or something like that, I think mm. it was called. They did it as um, something Suru is the studio. Yeah, okay. um, so they actually, it's 100% legitimate anime, just mm. voiced by English actors. Yeah. Um, and it paid off, man. Like, and oh, they, yeah, the visuals, they, the visuals through it, like, it's incredible. Yeah, if you go all the way through, if you go on YouTube, there is a, um, onto like the Netflix behind the scenes or something like that. I think the channel's called. There's like a little 10, me- 10 minute doco mm. with some of the voice actors in it. And it's also, he's got them at the studio talking about it. And he was talking about how uh, they wanted it to be very reminiscent of 80s and 90s anime mm. with the overreacting and like the super stretched faces when people <laughs> react and stuff like that. And I think it really paid off because it kind of, it helped link it to that comic book world, mm. but also just gave it that, more enjoyable bombasticness that the kind of it is because it's, it's a video game come to life essentially yeah. and it can help, help lend itself to that in my opinion oh look and it's funny you touch on like that that old school sort of um uh 
drawing and whatnot behind it with, with how they wanted to portray it. And like as soon as the, you get the first couple of scenes, that first episode, I was draw- I thought like, oh, this is cool. This is old school. Like it, and it really gave you that feeling as well, which was very, very awesome. Well done. Yeah. Very, very well done. So if you haven't watched uh, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off yet, I highly recommend you go and watch it. It is fucking phenomenal. If we haven't spoiled it for you now, because we've kind <laughs> of just told you how it ends. Uh, but watch it. I think I watched it in a sitting. In one I, go, I, I watched it, it over two nights. I, th- I thought I'd, I'd spread long, it out man. over That's uh, too about long. a how, week how or did, so. How did you cope? I don't know. I don't know. It was unbearable during the day whilst I was waiting to get home and watch it. <laughs> All I was thinking about work was Scott Pilgrim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was fantastic. Yeah, so if you haven't watched it, watch it. Highly recommend it. Um, hopefully we didn't spoil it too much for you. Uh, so let's move on. Anime. All right, so we're moving on to anime, and today's anime... Uh, is actually going to be uh, a fan question that we posted on our Facebook. I asked, uh, we asked if anyone wanted to wanted to talk about anything or something like that. And Maddie Clift, uh, who he's asked us, what cult anime will we remake into a Hollywood movie, uh, and who would we get to direct it? Uh, budget's not a concern or anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to let you take it off first, here, Brock. Mm-hmm. What was your choice? I actually went. I went two routes. So I, I chose two. Oh, the reason I chose two, the reason I chose two is because I did one as a TV series and I also did one as a movie. Okay, that's fair. I'll allow that. So first one that I did that I'd love to see as a TV series, Dragon Ball Z. It's the go-to that everyone goes to, but it's something that I grew up on. Yeah. They ruined Dragon Ball as the movie. It was Fuck absolutely me, horrible. Ruined. It was just... A pointless exercise. It makes you want to smash your face against a table and then get <sighs> fucked in the ass by a donkey. It was just shit. Now, I would love to see Zack Snyder <laughs> yep, okay. come through and do put his amazingness and creative mind into a Dragon Ball Z series. I think that would be incredible. And with what we've got from a technology perspective now... Um, I just think it would come across onto screen far, far better than what it did. So where would when you where would you start with Dragon Ball Z? Like, would you start from the start with the Riddick saga? Yes, I would. Or would yeah. you push it forward to maybe the Nemec no, saga? No, see, see, it's something that I'd I'd prefer to see start in um, there, so that you can see it progress through. Because I would prefer to see a season around um, that, like a season around Namek and then a season, uh, I think it comes back and they do like sell and whatnot. So more or less have your big bad and do a series to that. I think that would be a good way to do it. Um, But I'm not talking like doing a a 300 long episode. (laughs) I mean, mean, hit hit the points, do it in almost like six episodes, just hit the points that they need to. And then that would be... See, I, I think do. you'd go, in my opinion, it'd have to be, let's say let's say it's Netflix doing it. Mm. Uh, it would have to be uh, eight to ten episodes. Mm. Uh, series one, I would try, I'd probably jam the Riddick saga and the Vegeta saga, the Saiyan saga in mm. and make that, smash that as one, one sort of season. Because mm. uh, in that you get... Uh, you get established all the characters. Yep. Goku dies, does Snake Way, mm-hmm. comes back, fights Vegeta. You get the Azuru, mm-hmm. you get the Spirit Bomb. You get a big Kamehameha. He goes up to Kai level four or yep. whatever it is. And then uh, pretty much at the end of that, 
then you jump into the Nemec Saga, and then you'd have to smash... The Nemec Saga would have to be a season on its own, essentially. Well, the... But then in the Nemec Saga, I would probably try and work in uh, the... Borok, is it Borok? Baddick, Baddick, his dad. I'd try and work that story into that because that has Freezer destroying the same planet. Yeah, okay. Um, And so that way you kind of get that bit of backstory. So you work on one Mm. of the movies into it, which means then you could eventually bring Bolly into it. Yeah. so I, I suppose the benefit of doing it that way is it's not dragging out too much. Yeah. Either. It's sort of it because you don't want it to drag out. You want it to hit the point while still being like hit the point, play to the story and establish what you need and to. And essentially you want to get Super Saiyan. Oh, exactly. So that's what everyone knows what the Super Saiyans are. Yeah. And fuck me, did we get teased like fucking cunts <laughs> during the cartoon for Super <laughs> Saiyan. Oh, God, that irritated. It took like 20 episodes of him just going, oh. Like a little flash of yellow. It's like, no, exactly. not happening yet. So if, they, if they're going to do the live action, that would need to at least be five episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three seasons of Goku becoming Super Saiyan. Tune in next year. Yeah, that that, that from a TV uh, series, I would love to see that. Because also, if it's something that's done well, then it can carry through. And I think it, it's got that continuation where you could could potentially yeah. have and a, I, a continuation. I, only, there's only one casting that jumps to my head uh, and it has to be Nappa has to be played by Dave Bautista. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, Dave Bautista is the perfect Nappa. <laughs> like, after seeing him as in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, that is Nappa, just him with a moustache and a bald head. He looked fucking pimp. Really Wait, did would. Nappa have a moustache? I'm sure he had a moustache. Oh, I can't remember now. Oh, I can't remember. It's been, it's I'm, been I'm a while sure since he had I a mustache. I know Krillin had a mustache at one point. At one point, yeah, yeah that didn't last long though. <laughs> he also had he had like the hair, the and hair stuff that came and, back yeah. and yeah, Get, gets to shave it to uh, to go go and fight and die. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your movie now? My movie, I would love to see a movie of Tokyo Ghoul. Ooh, I think there is a Japanese one already. Okay, haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm but, pretty sure there's a live action Japanese. But I would love to see that done by the Philippu brothers, who recently did talk to me. Ah, uh, they're the Aussie dudes. They are the Aussie yeah. dudes. So they did talk to me recently, which is like the a yeah, horror yeah. sort of thing, and it is an incredible horror film. And I'd actually love to see Tokyo Ghoul done. Almost as like a, a horror film. Oh, it's type definitely, thing. It definitely, is and horror, I think yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, that, I, I that would be hundred percent agree movie. with that. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to look check on me on this one. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure there is a Japanese live action of Tokyo Ghoul. Um, but yeah, I love that show, and yeah, hundred percent, it needs to be like a full on just yep. tear your fucking head off oh, horror yeah. movie. That would be, be incredible. incredible. No, I agree with that. That's a that's some good casting there. Uh, so mine is by far one of my favourite or the encompassing whole series and saga of shows is my favourite ever animes. Uh, and that is Gundam. And I'm, pick, I'm picking specifically Gundam Seed. Gundam Seed is... Have you ever watched any Gundam? I, I have not watched any So Gundam. giant mechs. Yeah. But um, the original Gundam and Gundam Seed, which is pretty much a remake of the original based on a different timeline. Because sure. one of the confusing things about Gundam is they have multiple different timelines, but there's shows that come out 
this one might be in the universal century timeline, which is like the OG timeline. Mm -hmm. And then this one's in a different timeline. This one's in another different timeline. So there's like 18 different timelines <laughs> for this thing. So you, it's hard to tell what shows are in what timeline sometimes. But UC timeline, universal century, that's the OG Gundam. Uh, Gundam Seed is a different timeline, but it's essentially telling the same story from Gundam, which is... Uh, human humans created genetically engineered people. Mm -hmm. They they're called coordinators. They're better at everything. Uh, eventually, a massive war breaks out. Uh, coordinators fuck off to space. They have big fucking things in space that they live in. Uh, and then the Earth fires a nuclear weapon at one of them, blows it up, and it creates this massive war. Uh, humans versus coordinators, and that's essentially the show. And the the show picks up on a neutral uh, a space station thing. Uh, from, from an organization called Orb. And there's like this young coordinator there. He's a neutral. He's not involved in the war in any way. And whilst he's on there, the coordinators break in and they steal these Gundams, which is just giant fuck-off mechs, but they're mm -hmm. like better than the normal mechs. Right. But they can only be controlled by coordinators because the systems in them are so out there that sure. only people with fast reflexes and brain power can sort of function them. And essentially, the coordinator steals some, but he gets one of them. Mm -hmm. And he ends up aligning himself with the Earth forces and battles pursue, bang, bang, bang. And it's all about, the whole thing is about war and how bad war is. Mm -hmm. And it's very epic, like it takes place in space with massive battles of Gundams flying through the right. air, shooting each other, spaceships fighting the shit out of each other, people changing sides, goes down to Earth and then it's underwater battles, above water battles, and right. like people dying left, right and sounds like, you like a character, guess what? fucking dead that kind of stuff so it's massive and grandiose and in my head there were only, there's only two directors that could take that grand scale of what it needs to be and how special effects heavy it would be and that is the Russo Brothers mm. just what they did with Endgame and Infinity War yeah they would be the perfect fit and they're great with those sort of gritty moments and sort of warry kind of aspects yep. of things and I think they would just go sink their teeth into this show. And then just seeing the fucking Gundams and just giant gloriousness. <laughs> like um, the perfect special, if you want to see the closest to the best live action Gundam you'll see, it is in that, uh, most people say it's horrible. I enjoyed it. Uh, movie by the Wachowskis, the um, Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a scene when they're in uh, Channing Tatum's in like this giant fucking thing with robot wings and mm. flying through. That was a scene from Gundam. Right. 100% that was a scene from Gundam. Because they're it. massive anime fans, so I'm sure yeah. they've gone, that's fucking Gundam, <laughs> we're making Gundam. Um, but like it can be done. It's just, it needs the right directors and a metric fuck ton of money thrown at it. Yep. And it would be phenomenal. And it's not one of those animes that is so anime that when they make it live action, it just won't translate. Like, yeah. it's not a One Piece, which we just spoke about translated last week. Well. It translated well. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, I liked the live action. All the fans did not like the live action. I, I enjoyed the live it's action. It's just one of those ones that, what the story is, it's a human story about war, but the war's fought in giant fucking robots. Mm. And then there's some cloning thrown in and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's essentially a human story about war and how fucking bad war is. And I think it would just be a phenomenal thing done right. And it probably, it would have to be like a big two-parter. No. Just because the it's, the series goes for 50 episodes. Yeah, okay. And every episode, I think there's only one filler episode. In Across the, entire, the 50? Yeah. It's 
constantly happen. Like a lot of it is it's drawn out sure. stuff, like most animes. Yeah. But a lot of stuff happens. Like there's multiple battles that happen in different like battle here, and then we move down here. There's another battle, and everything has key elements that's happening. In sure. It. And then there's a sequel series called Gundam Seed Destiny, mm-hmm. which kind of flips the side, flips the tail on it. Where the first one, you're on the Earth Alliance mm-hmm. fighting the coordinator, Zaft. And the second one, you're following Zaft fighting the Earth Alliance. But then all the characters from the first one, who are the big guys, like mm. who are the main characters, they're like, no, 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 we're fucking neutral now and we're just going to fucking fuck up everyone. Because right. you're all fighting a war, we just stopped a war, so we're going to fucking fuck no. you all, that kind of stuff. And so, it's just so that whole thing. So if you're doing it that way, you could almost do it where you're seeing all that happen sort of at once as it goes through. But yeah, it'd be, well, not knowing anything about it. Um, it sounds like it would be very, very like a big cinema epic. Oh, it would. <laughs> it would be amazing. Like I think the only issue would be like Gundam is one of Japan's biggest franchises. Sure. I mean, they have giant fucking life-size Gundam statues there. Mm. One of them walks. Yeah. Um, so it's a huge in Japan. So the market in Japan would be astronomical. But I don't think the Western uh, crowd would justify the amount of budget they would need for yeah, it, okay. in my opinion. Um, so I don't think that scale of a Gundam movie would ever happen. There are other Gundam shows like um, Blood Orphans, which would be phenomenal as well. Uh, that could poss- possibly happen because it's it takes place on Mars and then there's some space st- fighting mm. stuff. But it's like Mars and it's one Gundam fighting, maybe three. <laughs> like that's the biggest amount of Gundam battles sure, that happen sure. kind of thing. On so it. to actually get this one off the ground, you'd almost have to do like, hey, look look what we can do yeah. so that we can do, look what, look what we can actually yeah. do. <laughs> so I think, uh, and the biggest one in Western culture was Gundam Wing. That's what kind of brought Gundam to... The Western culture it was done on that uh, Cartoon Network Toonami yeah. kind of thing, and um, that's a good one. Not the best one, in my opinion, mm. but it was good. But it's yeah, it wasn't great. Probably hit at the right time. Yeah, it really did. But um, yeah. So that is my pick for what uh, anime we should should do. And uh, thank you to Maddie for yeah. asking that question. Thank and you if- very much, Maddie. And look, we will even put that question um, up on the Facebook page as well. You can give feedback on your thoughts on uh, what we put forward. And yeah, we'd love to hear some more of um, your thoughts or what you'd like to see uh, transferred either onto the, the big, big screen or the little screen at home. Indeed. And uh, we will continue to ask questions like this. So if you want to be involved in the episodes and get your name like Maddie in the podcast, then uh, we'll chuck it out there every so often and chuck out some suggestions and we'll talk about them. Uh, So we are going to move on to our last subject for the day. Gaming. So we're moving on to gaming. And now with the lead up to Christmas, we thought we would give you some board gaming suggestions for if you're buying presents for someone or if you're buying a present for yourself. Uh, And this is coming, this is a good sort of one for us as I'm a, let's say, aged board gamer, <laughs> uh, who has I've been collecting and sometimes playing board games for probably about 14, 15 years now. And Brock, you're only new into the yeah, sort of fairly world. new. I think I've been getting like board games and more so around. I think board games probably the last two to three years, and then other like war gaming and those types of things probably about four to five maybe. All right. So what we're going to do? We're going to give you a list because everyone loves lists. 
So this is the top five games for X-Men, Xmas present list. Uh, so I'm, I'll start off with my number five. So we'll tell you the name of the game and why we think uh, it would be a good pick for someone listening. Uh, so my number five is Splendor Jewel. Uh, so number uh, so Splendor Jewel is a two-player version of uh, a game called Splendor, funnily enough. Uh, it's one of those rare cases where a board game takes a game that's designed for four or more players and smashes it down to two players and succeeds. Very rarely do the games succeed when they do that. I've only really have one other example, which is uh, Seven Wonders Jewel. Uh, but Splendor Jewel... Really good fun. Uh, essentially, in the game, you going to you're playing against each other. You've got to collect uh, little. You got resource manage. Uh, when you get your resources, you spend them. You buy a little card. Once you've got so many cards, you win. Uh, it's super simple to play. Really nice. The pieces it comes with some really nice little mm. poker chips. Uh, nice little bag, and it's a little exy from memory, but it's well worth the price. Uh, so, Brock, your number five, sir. My number five is a bit of an old school one. Um, and it, the reason I picked this is because it's a really good one coming into Christmas for kids and whatnot. I actually chose Labyrinth. Ooh, I like that game. Now, Labyrinth is it's a super simple game where you have um, the board gets laid out. Uh, fixed onto the board is uh, spaced out evenly is a fixed tile. And that fixed tile just represents a pathway through um, a labyrinth. And then you get a whole bunch of um, cardboard tiles that you put in between all those spaces. And once you've got all of them laid out on the board, you have one tile left over. And that one tile, you'll actually push against the movable items. And ultimately, you've got a labyrinth that is constantly changing. And it's a really simple but really cool concept. You can play one, uh, two to four players. The goal is that you get um, a bunch of cards and on those cards is a picture of various things like a moth, uh, ghosts, dragons, things like that. And there'll be that picture represented on different tiles across the game board, either fixed or movable. Your goal is to land on that one. You can then show that you've landed on it. Once you've collected all of your tiles, so to speak, or pieces as you've landed on them, you then need to return back to your home base and that's how you win. I put that in because I remember growing up with that game quite a lot. I've played it several times over the past couple of years at home. It's an awesome game and a really good game for um, kids and, well, adults as well. Really nice. fun. Number four. Uh, my number four is Star Realms. Now, you've played Star mm. Realms with me. So, Star Realms is a deck builder, which is a game where essentially you have a shit hand, generally with like six, uh, with like seven purchase and three cards that do nothing. On your turn, you shuffle your deck, you draw five cards, you'll play them out, you'll buy cards from the middle. Cards you buy go into the discard pile. Uh, when your draw pile ends, uh, runs out, you shuffle your discard pile and then you continue to play cards. In Star Realms, uh, each player starts with 50 life and essentially you're just trying to kill your opponent. Uh, it was made by X Magic the Gathering champion, world champions, and stuff like that. And it can, it's a really good play, game to play two-player. It can play up to six players, I think, from memory. Uh, there's four base games now you can get. They can all interchange. There's a whole heap of little individual booster packs that you can buy that you can work them in with events and stuff like that. There's big boxes on it. There's 
always on Kickstarter, so there's always say, something. I'm pretty sure I've got a Kickstarter on the way in I regards to it. <laughs> I, I've got one coming, and I believe they've just released another yeah, one on Kickstarter as we're speaking with yeah. like all shiny cards. Yep. But never buy shiny cards, people. They just fucking bend. Um, but it is a phenomenal game, and you can pick it up really cheap. Mm. I think the original one from memory came in a little fucking blister pack, like a cardboard blister pack sort of thing you pulled out. It fell apart, but it was just phenomenal out of the box and highly, highly recommend it. One of my favorite deck builders, uh, so my number four is Star Realms. Nice. So my number four is, um, it's actually a dice game. A lot of people would have heard of it. It's called Greed. Oh, I love Greed. Now, the reason I went for this is because- Risk it for the biscuits, Risk baby. it for the biscuit. Christmas Day comes along, you're either- you've either with your family and whatnot, and in the morning you're playing with the kids, and you know what? It's Christmas Day. They've run around. They're on sugar. They're they're you're rolling. You're, you're just getting greedy, and you you're putting the kids back in their place after they've had gotten all their toys and whatnot. And you play through. But as the days go on, you've had a few sherbets, and now the adults are um starting to get a little bit greedy between each other, and they're just letting their hair down and whatnot. And it is very, very, very entertaining. So that was super simple game. You've got you come out with um six dice. That have got G R E E D and a dollar sign. Um, the E's are in two different colors, and basically you roll all six dice. Um, the intention is to get points based on what you roll. Um, so let's say three G's get you a hundred points. Uh, yeah, four you, four you've D's always got a score on your turn. Exactly. Yeah, so to be able to roll again. Exactly. So you roll, you get points. Sweet. You roll again. You get points. Sweet. You roll again. Now bearing in mind that you only roll the dice that you haven't gotten points on. Yeah. Um, and then let's say you get down to your last die and you think oh, I'm going to push it. You roll that last dice. If you don't get any points, I will. I'm on to the next one. That's why you're risking it for the biscuit, baby. It's an awesome push-your-luck dice game. And it's fantastic for, as Brock was saying, it's fantastic. If you've been out, if you've been on the sherbets and you've got some drinks in (laughs) you, it's a great game to pull out. Any non-gamer can pick it up in two seconds and play it. It's great. Now, we... Awesome stocking stocking stuffer. Yeah, we changed the rule on our copy of it where uh, I think from memory in the base game, it's... If you get greed, it was five thousand. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the, we changed one of the points around to make it a bit more make more sense mm. if you got it because it was easier to get than the amount of points that it gave you. Mm. So we pulled points back. I can't remember which one without having it in front of me because we wrote it on the little play mat that comes <laughs> with it. But yeah, it's a fantastic game and I highly recommend that one. Number three. Uh, my number three is Scythe. Haven't, we haven't played it. You haven't played no. Scythe. I've got Scythe. I've got all the expansions for it. Now, Scythe is by Stonemaier Games. It's a beast of a game. <laughs> uh, so, essentially, this one is probably not for the beginners. It's it's a big boy. It's, uh, it will take you an hour, like probably two hours, two and a half hours to play, especially if you've got a higher player number. Essentially, it is an engine building game which is you start off with a little uh, player board in front of you. You've got four different actions you can take. Uh, and then you've got a big board in the middle where you're moving, uh, like playing sort of a resource management game where you're moving your little people around trying to get resources like lumber and coal and stuff. And then you're spending those to sort of upgrade your engine, which is your player board, which will give you better actions, different actions and stuff like that. And you're trying to score victory points by doing certain things. And then you also have goal cards uh, you can initiate combat with your opponents whilst moving big mechs around. The expansions brought in floating airships that can carry your little workers around. Um, and then even the last expansion created a sort of um, 
uh, a version where you walk through a story and you unlock little boxes in the game, and uh, eventually okay, it brings right. in, it brings in some uh, like new player character card, like colors that you can have, new player mats, stuff like that. Um, but it just the base game is a big game and it's a phenomenal game and it's all like all Stein my games it is sexy as hell like, it is <laughs> the component quality in their games is outstanding um, if you don't want to buy the board game version or you don't have people to play the board game version there is a digital version of it, which you can get on Steam um, get that one as well it's such a great game I'm not doing it justice by explaining it right now Um <laughs> But if you've seen how big the box is, you've seen the art on it, it's sensational and I highly, highly recommend it. So oh, well, one, one day we'll uh, we'll give it a playthrough and yeah, we can give some more insight as to how it goes. Yeah. Well, we might, or, or at least we myself might, for a first turn. We might film it and we'll make a YouTube channel and we'll put it on a YouTube channel. Sounds Don't great. take that as a promise. <laughs> uh, all right. My number three, um, it's another stocking stuffer game. It's actually Hive. I love Hive. Now, are we talking Hive Mini or the normal Hive or it doesn't really matter? It doesn't really matter. It's the same game, just big tile or little tile. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, called Hive, you get a bunch of hexagonal tiles um, and the intention... Oh, each one has got a different um, bug printed on them. Uh, cricket, bee, ant... Rhinoceros beetle or something, yeah. spider. Yeah, spider. yeah. And, and depending on what they are, they can do different things. Yeah, they move certain ways. Yeah, so a grasshopper jumps over an adjacent tile, a spider like wraps around the edges. Um, I think there's another one that can jump on top and things like that. And the idea is that you need to corner trap, the bee. Trap, yeah, trap your opponent's queen. Yeah, exactly. So everyone gets a queen bee. They sort of, they, they get placed first. Uh, so there you place... Your bee has to, the queen bee has to place within the first three tiles yeah, from memory. Yeah, yep, cool. So you place the queen bee and then the goal is to um, stop your opponent from being able to move and trap your queen whilst you are trying to trap their queen. Mm. Um, pretty simple once you get under underway. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's a super simple game to sort of teach newbie gamers hmm. uh, how to play, but yet it is like... It's addictive. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's addictive and it's one of those games like it's super strategy heavy if you want it to be and if you get... Like if you get good at being at the strategy of it, you are very good and you're hard to beat. But as soon as like you and another player who both are, have a strong strategic mind, like it is a like like sweat starts pissing out. And you're like, oh, what's fucking? <laughs> and you got to think six moves ahead. And like, but on the other side, if you just want to play it for fun, it mm. is a great little fun game that you can teach anyone. Really, I, I think we um, when we've played it through, there's a few games where we've played it and I swear they've been over in five, 10 minutes. And then we go, right, let's play one more. We'll finish off finish off here, play one more. And then about an hour and a half later, we're still playing the same one. Little yep. game. Like it just, awesome game, awesome fun. And there are, like I said at the start, there is a mini version and a normal size tile version. So your normal tiles are probably like an inch. And then you got the mini ones, which are probably half that mm. and they come in a nice little travel bag, travel bag and stuff like that so I think I've got the mini one from memory uh, pretty sure I got the full size yeah. and and you can also get like a couple of little expansions and stuff yeah, all it does is just like in, introduce different bugs yeah. that can do different things alright number two uh, my number two is a Talisman and the small box expansions uh, so Talisman for those of you who don't know is a very old game originally <laughs> made by Games Workshop uh, way back in the day and for those of you who don't know Games Workshop shame on you but Games Workshop released Warhammer Warhammer 40,000 all those lovely little plastic crack nerdies that are charged way too much to purchase 
so Talisman is essentially a fantasy game. You've got a big board, you've got an outside ring, and then an inside ring, and then a little littering inside of that. And essentially, your goal is to get in the middle and beat the crown of power. Um, this is one of those games that will make you hate your friends. Uh, so essentially, you'll start on the outside. You've got to crawl around until you get enough power and craft, and then you can move into the middle, which is a bit harder, and then you can move into the center. Now, the reason I say Talisman and the small box expansions is the small box expansions add alternate endings to the game, which make the game a lot quicker because Talisman games can go upwards of four hours if you want them to, mm-hmm. especially if you've got lots of players. Uh, the alternate endings make it so much quicker. Uh, you're doing something different than just trying to get to the middle and punch a thing in sure. the face a certain amount of times. Um, and I think if you get multiple, I think there's four small box expansions from the memory and they each add new end games. I think they come in the small boxes or they might come in the big boxes. I can't remember. You want the alternate ending cards, which I'm sure you could download online if you wanted to. Uh, but the small box expansions, uh, there's two specifically. There's the Reaper and uh, Werewolf. The Reaper adds the Grim Reaper to the game, which is a lot of fun. The Grim Reaper moves around the board and can potentially kill people. And the Werewolf, uh, you can turn into a Werewolf, essentially, and go around the board and fuck people up. It's very good fun. The big box expansions, they're great. They give you more minis. Um, They give you big boards that go on the edge of the other board. There's four of them all up. Um, They add too much to the game, in my opinion because they're adding like another three rows per each expansion that you could sure. potentially go to. And it's just, it's too much to the game. Um, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's great when you've got all the expansions out there. It looks fucking awesome. Takes up the entire table. <laughs> you've got to have a monster table to play, but it's just, it's a bit too much sometimes. Um, but the small box expansions, recommend them. So Talisman, it's a great game. It's been out for a long time. Went out of print for a while when Fantasy Flight Games had it, but then Spiel, I think Spiel Games have it now. Um, so grab it if you can. Um, is it two-player or is it plus? It is two to six, two to I six. think, from memory. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I've um, I've got a Batman version at yes. home. Yeah, so there's Batman, there's Harry Potter, yes. Kingdom Hearts. Um, I think that might be it. Mm. Definitely. I've opened the box. I've set it up. I've read through the rules and... Um, didn't get much further. Oh, it's a very simple <laughs> game because you roll the dice and you move. You land on a thing, you flip a card over and it says... Fight this yep. or do this. Yeah, and cool. That's the game. And it's also, if you want a much cheaper version of it, you can buy it on Steam for like fucking $4 when it's on there special. Go. So go for it. Cool. Um, my number two is um, this was probably my introduction to board games. Catan. I was going to put Catan on my list, but then I thought, no, I'm going to go more gamey games. <laughs> I, I went for more games which are good at Christmas time as a as a gift and more things that are simple with an introduction into the gaming life. Oh. And Catan definitely was something I played uh, several years ago now and my God, it just hooked me and I wanted to keep playing that night. I'm pretty sure I bought it the next day um, and it's a game that, Chan loves when we've played it with some of our friends and whatnot. They love it as well. It's just it's just a really good simple game. It's um all about gathering resources. Um, Fucking over your friends. Pretty much, pretty much. You get your you get your little little houses. You get your roads. Your houses get placed out in particular, like in the boards, and where those houses are on the boards will reflect um, some numbers. And those numbers are basically when those numbers are rolled on the dice, you get those resources. The they're, they're wood, they're clay, they're wheat and rock. 
sheep and sheep yep and sheep and the idea is you get them to build more houses or to build roads or to make bigger houses um, you can also buy cards which introduce new things like hey i'm gonna the night's longest the night's road, longest road you can also there's a robber so you roll a particular thing and you can I think block, if, you, if you're all seven people yeah, yep, you're all seven. seven you hand the night the robber moves on the one you can steal yep. the card from the person you move yep, it on yep. to and it just blocks the number from yep. being able to be rolled from then on so it's super fun game um Definitely one for uh, to play with your friends so you can get really, really mad at each other and um, highly, are, highly recommend it. There are expansions. Um, I've never actually played an expansion. Don't buy them. There's no need. They're, they're fun, but they're, they're games in their own right. I have one of the, I have one of the, I played all of them. I have one of them. Um, and in all honesty, the base game is enough. Hmm. Um, if you, with Catan, I'm going to chuck in a bonus one in for you here. Um if you want a super simple version of Catan as oh, well, the there's a dice game. It costs, I think it was like 14 bucks Australian. Mm. You get six dice, you roll them, and essentially mm. it's really well encompassed what Catan is super in a dice game. Yeah. I went and got it literally so we can take it if we go on a, on a trip and travel and whatnot. We can just, yeah, break it out, have a little bit of a crack at it. It's, it's good. And it, it is a two to four player game, but you, from an expansion perspective, you can actually buy an expansion to take that same game to five to six players. So that may be one if you wanted to sort of yeah. expand into having more people at the table. Yeah. All righty. Number one. Yeah, Shimona. <laughs> that was lame. Uh, <laughs> my number one is Takanoko. Takanoko is one of my favorite games of all time. I have the front cover tattooed on my arm. I like it that much. Uh, essentially, in Takanoko, you are a farmer on a plot growing bamboo. Uh, and then there's this pesky little panda that's going around trying to eat your fucking bamboo. That's the plot of the game. Uh, so essentially on your turn, you get two actions that you can perform. You can uh, draw a card. You can move a farmer. Um, so essentially you can like, move the farmer to grow some bamboo. And it, depending on what color the tile is that the bamboo's on, it'll grow that color tile, that color bamboo. Uh, they can only go to certain heights. So they can only go four high. Um, and... Some of your, you've got three different types of cards, and your cards are how you score points. The first 10 points wins. Uh, one of the cards is specific types of bamboo at certain heights. So one card might be like you need two pink stems at three high, and if you get it, you can score it. Uh, the other one might be uh, the panda who moves around the board uh, at the start of the game and eats. He can move around and eat bamboo, and you put it into the panda's stomach, and you have to eat one pink, one green, one... Um, yellow kind of thing uh, and then the other one is uh, plots so when you on your turn you, if you want as an action you can lay a new plot down uh, so it would be pink green etc um, and the other cards might be you have to have four pinks in a certain certain order uh, and then the other action you can do is you can get water top, water little things which you have to irrigate the tiles for them to grow bamboo super simple game uh, it's gorgeous and it plays really, really well. It's a great beginner game, like a really good introductory game to play for people. Um, and there's also a little expansion you can get. It's not necessary in the slightest bit. Essentially, it adds a female pa panda, and they have sex, and they have you get baby pandas. <laughs> That's essentially what the expansion adds. <laughs> pandas fucking, and you get baby pandas. Uh, but it's a great game, and if you play it and you love it like I do, there is a big box version of it which comes in a beautiful wooden box with a huge mini miniature panda huge farmer <laughs> massive bamboo tiles and like oh it's gorgeous but it's like four hundred dollars to yeah. buy and it's been on kickstarter a couple of times as well um 
Great game. Highly recommend it. Uh, and awesome art, as you can see by my arm, with the panda with rain on it. Uh, yeah, so my number one is Takenoko. All right, my number one um, is actually Carcassonne. Oh, yeah. Carcassonne, again, another super, super simple game. I went and got the big box um, a couple of years ago. It's which like just five had five expansions. No, I think it? it's got like up, up around like 10 or 11 expansions in it, something mm. like that. And some of them are like super small. It like introduces three tiles, yeah. which are like main tiles, but then other ones which introduce a whole swag, like there's... um pigs and additional farmers and mm. rivers and all sorts of things but in any case what it is is you get a, a whole bunch of um tiles they're land tiles they start upside down or face down to the table um whoever goes first lifts the first tile flips it over and that's your starting point and you literally just go turn for turn trying to play off of whatever that starting tile was you can get um castles you can get just bits of land you can get things with castles and roads you can get ones that um half pieces you can get chapels i think it is or churches yeah, churches yeah and crossroads and all sorts of things like that and the idea is that um if you get a castle piece then you can put your castle down and then you can put a little Worker. meeple onto the castle now, on your next go, you might get a piece that's a finishing piece to a castle. Now, you can put it down, if you're able to, adjacent that castle piece, and you would finish the castle, and then you would score those points. And get and, your worker back. And get your worker back. And that's the idea. You want to build castles, finish castles, get points, uh, build roads, finish roads, get points. Um, we touched on church. So you get a church piece, put a maple on that church. If you surround the church, you then get the points for um, surrounding the church, you get your maple back. You can also do a thing where you get um, you get farmers and you can place farmers and you get points at the end of the game. Now, you don't get your farmers back because they just sit on the grass the whole time um, and they get points dependent on how many finished castles there are within that plot of land. And that plot of land is separated by roads and other castles. And they can be the thing that wins the game too. They can be. Like you can put one down right at the start. And if you play it well to finish a bunch of castles through the whole thing, you can maybe get 10 to 15 points through the game. And then all of a sudden you've got a nice little plot of 60 points right at the end. Yeah. And again, this is another game that... Um, super simple. Super simple. The, the base game is not expensive at all. No. Um, and also there is a digital version of it as well on Steam. I mean, digital versions are never as much fun because they're never as you're not sitting around a table with the people mm. enjoying it, having bevies and whatnot. Um, but well, it's there if and, you want to try it. And to touch on that, like it is good. There are um, like on Tabletop Simulator. Um, it's it's it a really good version, really on, good tabletop version on Tabletop Simulator. That's actually where I was introduced to it because yep. during COVID, um, just right, let's jump on and, yeah. <laughs> and do something. So, um, yeah, we oh, oh, that was where I picked it up and then, um, and then I've seen a big box. Uh, have super you got the cheap official and, version? Yeah, I've got the Steam. official version yeah. on uh, I do have the official yeah. version on Steam. I thought the, the TTS version was better. Yeah, so do I. It's not as bloated. Yeah. It plays a lot quicker, but yeah. Some people don't like tabletop simulator, so no. well, it's it's a lot of work to get going if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, my my top pick was Carcassonne because it is again a super simple game, but it is awesome fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, nerds and out there, uh, that is the end of today's episode. Uh, thank you very much if you've gotten this far for hanging out with us. 
Uh, don't forget, please head to our Facebook page. Give it a follow. Give it a like. Uh, share, share, out, share, share, share for us, guys. We want to get it out as far as possible. So if you guys could just share either the link to this episode, the link to the Facebook page. We want to get it outside of Australia, out to the world. Uh, we want to get people listening in. Uh, if you want to get your name chucked into an episode, head onto the Facebook page and uh, chuck out some ideas that you want to hear hear us talking about, whether it's a new trailer you want to hear us talking about, a TV show, a movie, comics, whatever it is, we will uh, look at it and we'll think about it and then we might talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you again to Matty for his suggestion with the anime show, anime movie. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.